Everybody listen up. Draft weekend has come and gone. It was a fun three days. We got to see some pretty good talent go to different places. But who better break it down with the McGarvin coming back? You know, it's always good conversations. And before we get started, this is something I didn't mention on air. But there's a podcast clip from your show that I listen to sometimes on Twitter just for a quick laugh, even during the middle of the day. Okay. And it's you basically being asked about the chicken noodle soup. I oh, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. yeah, it's more than that. It's just you going the what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was during that era of like all yeah. of those like dances and all that, and every time you learned a new dance, it was like, oh, you gotta learn. You know, here's a new one, and you're just like, what is happening? So yeah, that was uh, that was where I drew the line. I was like, yeah, I'm not doing the chicken noodle soup. That's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all good. But anyway, getting to the nitty gritty of it, like oh, we yeah. said, draft talk. Um, I mean, pick 17, it couldn't have gone any better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A dream pick, honestly. I, um, just, who would have thought that Christian Gonzalez would have been there? That That's the real, the real surprise of it all. I think everyone was kind of, you know, banking on the Patriots trading back, you know, from 14. Everyone kind of, like, saw that one coming. I just didn't think that, like, Christian Gonzalez would be there. And so when they traded back at 14, it was one of those, like, I... I had tweeted it that I was like cool with it. I was like, I, I kind of hope they trade down just because they had a cluster of players that I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought in general, if you have like three, four players that you really like, you're cool taking at that spot, then I think you just trade back and kind of let the board decide it from there. So instead of picking between Christian, you know, Christian Gonzalez and, and Emmanuel Forbes and Jackson Smith and Jigbo or Zay Flowers, if you have all of those guys right there, and Broderick Jones was still available at the time. So you have yeah. all those guys right there. And I'm like, you could take any one of those guys and it'd be like a good pick. So at that point you can move back about four picks, five picks and whoever is the last man standing is the guy you take. So Patriots, you know, traded back three spots, you know, Broderick Jones went, Emmanuel Forbes went, and then obviously, you know, they, uh, Will McDonald went in the middle of there somewhere. And then of course the Patriots took Christian Gonzalez at that point. So, I mean, absolute dream scenario. And the fact that they were able to trade back, pick up a fourth rounder, and then still get the best corner in the draft is, you know, awesome. Yeah, because I think that once I think once the Steelers probably told them, or Bill Belichick had to have asked, hey, who do you want? And then as soon as yeah. you find out Jones, it's kind of like, hey, I get the trade back. I get to fuck with the Jets. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, too, I'm going to get the player that I want a couple picks later. Because say if Gonzalez goes 16th, I'm pretty sure they would have gone, like you said, Forbes, Flowers, mm-hmm. Smith and Jigba, one of those guys at 17, which yep. – I was perfectly fine Which with Which is absolutely okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So they were in a position where it was like, hey, you're in the driver's seat. You're doing good. And at first, like, I know I know I've seen some people like kind of laughing where they're like, oh hey, I can actually recognize a Patriots first round draft pick. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, cool, whatever. But at the same time, too, it's like, look, they get their guy, and this def- this defense now is one where I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Are we going to win every game like 13 to 7? Or we gonna, <laughs> like, what, if you thought the Colts Broncos game was bad, guys, 17 games in New England Patriot football could be that all year. We'll, we'll wait and see, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked going defense at that point. I know that, um, I don't know, I, I, I had a contrarian opinion to like so many, uh, you know, so many people I saw on the timeline who just were like, hey, you have to take a wide receiver. But at that point, I, I just think you take the best player, right? If you're in the first round, I think the worst thing you can do is kind of lock in on a, on a position and say, hey, we want a player at this position. And that's how you how, how you end up taking a Nikhil Harry at 32 when there are better players available, even though obviously I like the Nikhil Harry pick, yeah. um, even though it didn't work out. I think at that point, you know, you have, you know, Christian Gonzalez is right there. You could take the best corner in the draft potentially because I also like Devin Witherspoon quite a bit. So the first or second best corner in the draft, or you can take a wide receiver. Um, and Jackson Smith and Jigger would have been a fine pick, but at that point, I think Christian Gonzalez is a better corner than Jackson Smith and Jigba is a is a wide receiver. If that makes sense, if you can compare the yeah. two, I think like the the ceiling of someone like Christian Gonzalez, you're looking at like pro bowl all pro player so it's like all right cool you take him and then you you stick him on your defense and you're good you no longer have to worry about size you don't have to worry about you know having to line up marcus jones against t higgins and you just know like all right we're set at one side and so i was over the moon with that one it's kind of like i remember you and i talked about this in march during free agency where like jonathan jones was getting matched up like against justin justin jefferson and then he was kind of like getting cooked where now hey you can put christian gonzalez in that spot and you can let marcus jones you can let jonathan jones 
you can let those guys, you know, take the wide receiver two matchups. Yep. Which on another that's another thing I want to say. Minnesota, that's a pretty good one to punch a wide receiver they got. There. Yeah. 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 I've uh, I was a lot higher on Jordan Addison than a lot of people. For a long while he was my uh like my my favorite receiver. And then it, you know, he gave way to to after the combine he gave way to Zay Flowers and Jackson Smith and Jigwit, and I never ended up picking between the two. It either it was one or the other. I had them both listed as like my favorite wide receiver and I'm not picking go to hell. So, you know, uh, yeah, I, Minnesota, Minnesota's offense does look a little better there, but yeah, with the Patriots defense, you know, now like, all right, cool. You have Christian Gonzalez on one side, you have Jack Jones or Jonathan Jones, whoever you want to start on the outside. And then you can stick one of the other two Joneses inside the slot. You just, you just, it fixes the math on the defense, which I, I thought the cornerback group was, was competitive in the first place, but they were missing that size matchup. And it also allows you to bring Jonathan Jones back into the slot where I think he did his best work. Um, and it allows you to take Miles Bryant off the field. Um, yes. Yeah. And I, I didn't think he was as bad as I, I still don't think he's as bad as uh, a lot of other people. I just think he isn't someone who should be a starter. Um, and now he has at least two guys in, ahead of them, ahead of him in the slot with Marcus Jones and jo- Jonathan Jones. So it's a win, win, win. And then at safety, too, you have Duggar, you have Phillips. You even have Jalen Mills in the mix as well. So, yep. like, when it comes to cornerback, there's not a lack of options. There's, 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 like, there's not a lack of options. You have yep. many options available, which you need that because, guess what, injuries do happen in football. Oh, so, of course, of course. Yeah, and then last year we kind of noticed that once injuries kind of took flight on certain guys, you know, Adrian Phillips was banged up for a good part of the year. You saw the effects. Now, if someone goes down, hey, next man up mentality. And yep. that's where we were talking off air where the Keon White effect comes in. Why? Oh, yeah. Look, for as angry as he looked at 44, he, you know, it's a, a 46, excuse me. Yeah. Um, it was a pick. We talked about this off air. It was a sneaky need for the Patriots. Yep. And more than anything of the guys behind him, like we were saying, uh, and Free Jennings, not him. Yep. Ronnie Perkins, I'm still high on him. I really want to see him do well, but I think this he year is. play. That, I, like. But like, just get on the field. I think that's really step one for him because I, I yeah. think the talent, the talent is what the talent is. Just get on the field. And my other thing too with it is, I just I, I love Dietrich Wise. I just don't know if last year was a career year, or like a peak career year for him, yeah. or if he's like gonna stay at that sustained success. Just because, like, ah. look, Matthew Judon, I trust. I, I trust Wise, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. is he going to be like that? Is he going to be as productive productive a pass rusher as he was last year? I don't yeah. think so, but I think he was really good uh, for what he was doing. Obviously, he's a captain, uh, and he plays really well, but I think he overachieved a little bit. I think, obviously, a, a, a breakout year in your sixth year is super rare, um, but I think he and you know Keon kind of exist together. I don't think it's one or the other, so I, I think it's just – Excellent. You add another player there, and Keon White can give you like true pass rush from that opposite edge. Whereas you know Dietrich Wise was more winning on matchups. I, I remember that that um, the Ravens game where he had three sacks. I mean, yep. he just had a matchup against what was it? Uh, what was the name? Uh, Raymond, the the rookie, the rookie tackle that you know Baltimore had drafted, and he was he just had he just couldn't handle the long arms. And I was like, all right, well, what happens when he went up against a passer? I mean, uh, an offensive lineman who could. The, you know, the production wasn't there. So I think, you know, Dietrich Wise is over, overachieved to a degree, but I still think he's a really valuable uh, member of that offense, uh, that defensive line. Oh, and I'm not dissing him in any way. I'm just saying, oh, like, of course, of course. Like we're saying the same thing. And also, too, in case the off chance Dietrich Wise, you listen to this, look, we love you. You're a Patriot. But at the same time, too, like, it's more of like the, hey, you can also put Dietrich Wise in more of the run game. And then, you know, when it's pass pro. That's yep. where you send Keon and Judon at the quarterback. Yep, you have Keon, Judon, Uche, and Barmore. That you can have that as your four, and that is, I mean, that is an athletic, an athletic D, uh, D line right there. So, really excited about that. I know uh, again, people were really, really upset because at that point, the Patriots really needed a corner. I'm sorry, really needed a wide receiver. Um, which spoiler alert, they didn't take till way later. If you're if you're using this as your your draft guide and you haven't heard of any of the picks, spoiler alert, they didn't take a wide receiver until much, much later. But at that point, everyone was like, we need a wide receiver. And they were like, you know what? Keon White. And I saw it and I was like, I don't know, guys. I kind of really like this pick. He's, he's good. He's someone who could have gone day one. Yeah. Um, and so you get him at pick 46, 14 picks into the second round. I, I'm sorry. That's another one where you're like, you really can't pass up talent like that he's too talented a player to pass up and take at 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 that point what would have been the you know sixth or seventh best you know wide receiver because you know 
at that point, Jackson Smith, the Jigma, you know, Jordan Addison, um, Zay Flowers, Zay Flowers, and Quentin Johnston had all all already gone. So at that point, you're you know you're in the second tier of receivers, and he's you know up there with the names like Cedric Tillman was available. You had uh, Josh Downs, Downs Jalen Di- uh, Jalen Hyatt. Um, yeah, so it's like not not guys that you're like, oh yeah, this guy you can you know draft him and you're going to be set. So it's like at that point, you just take a super talented guy. Yeah, and then the other receiver too that I did like that I don't think it was too too talked about was uh, Marvin Mims as well. Him going yes, to okay. He went to Denver in the second round, um, and that was super annoying because I I had him as like, all right, cool. He'll be there in the third round, and the Patriots can just trade up in the third round and go get him. It's going to be sick. Yeah. And then you know you saw the the alert come across the screen that Denver traded up, and you're like, ah, oh, uh, damn, I know where we're going with this. So <laughs> yeah, that was uh that was frustrating, but yeah, I think it you know at that point. At this point, right, in, in the draft, when you're in the second round and the board's not falling the way you want it to fall with regards to skill position players, at that point, I'll get a, a bunch of tight ends that are already gone. You just take, a, again, same thing with the Christian Gonzalez pick. You just kind of just take the best player. Um, yeah. People always talk about they want, you know, a best player available. You always take the best player available. But in truth, no one wants that because when teams do take the best player, everyone's like, that's not even a need. And you're like, I know, but like you wanted the best player. Uh, the Patriots in the, on their first two picks did go best player, best player available. They were like, yeah, this, this is the best guy here. We're going to take him. There was only, there was one player in particular that I've been pretty high on who went way, way earlier than I thought he was going to. That's Christian Latu going at one-on-one to the Niners. I thought for sure he'd be a day four candidate. And I, <laughs> and I know we've been talking in this whole time, like, look, receiver need, receiver need. Look, we'll, we'll get to Butane a little bit. But for everyone clamoring about, oh, they need a tight end, they need a tight end, look, the tight end three option, look, Scotty Washington's nothing special. But I honestly think that if Hunter Henry has a similar season to what he did last year in the sense of pass catching, obviously, you and I have established this, (laughs) block him, he's going to be on his butt. Yeah, you don't need him there. (laughs) No, you don't need him there. But I think if he has a solid season this year, I think he's a guy that will probably get a contract extension next offseason. In fact, I'm I'm actually not even super sure that he has to play throughout the entire season to get the contract extension. I I, I do think he's kind of someone who could get the extension as early as, you know, camp preseason game number two, kind of get the extension done and go forward there. I I think the Patriots should have taken a tight end. It was just, you know, the question then becomes who. Uh, And with the way that their their picks fell, you weren't really – by the time they could have taken a tight end, the players that were available weren't the kind of players that you're like, yeah, this guy's going to light the world on fire. They were kind of like, okay, well, all the, the better players are gone, so we could take him, I guess. And I feel like that's kind of how it felt with the wide receivers as well. Um, and again, I, I I don't like the idea of like, hey, we need a, a wide receiver, so we're going to take a wide receiver. Hey, we need a tight end, we're going to take a tight end. If the guy isn't that good or isn't as good as you need him to be, then don't take him. I think once the uh, mayor and Washington ship sailed, I think that's when it was kind of like, okay, let's get realistic. They're probably not going to go. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. S- same thing with the wide receivers. Once, uh, once day three was over, we were going into the obviously. Uh, sorry, day two was over, and we were going into the fourth round. You know, there were still people on the timeline who were like, "Oh, they got to go get a receiver." And I'm like, I don't know if y'all have. I don't know if y'all realize, but like, this is a weak wide receiver draft, and we are in round four. All yeah. of the receivers are gone. <laughs> They're not taking someone here who's going to, you know, instantly come in and, and, and you know, magic pill save the offense. He's going to come out here and give you 1,100 yards or whatever without some kind of character concerns or without some kind of injury concerns. It's like that ship has kind of sailed. We're in the fourth round. The best option left on the board is A.T. Perry. And you're like, that's, nah. you know, like what, what's that really doing for you? Which do we do we come back to this then when he burns us in a Saints uniform? Later oh yeah, this fall? most certainly, most certainly. Him <laughs> and uh, when when Xavier Hutchinson is uh, absolutely lighting it up for the Texans, I'm just gonna look back on it. It's like yeah, that was dumb. That was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but with receiver though, look, Keyshawn Butte. Look, we know the character concerns are there. But I said this. To, uh, I said this. It may have been to you or it was to someone else. Um, that I think if the actually think it was you. I think if the if they weren't worried about character, they wouldn't have taken him. I know yeah. people were concerned about it, but I think the fact that, like, even to how they went out and signed Juju Smith-Schuster, which I know, look, there's a lot of the off-field stuff. Yeah, Antonio Brown's a different story because, look, they he lied, and we didn't know the truth until, like, a week and a half after or, like, a few days after that Miami game. Yeah. But with Butte, I'm not saying wide receiver one, but, like, I, I don't think you could be mad at this wide receiver room going yeah. into Going into going camp. Into camp. Uh, sure. Yeah. After camp, if you want to be upset with it, then by all means go. But going in, I, I think it's a fine room. I think um, – so the thing with, with, with Butte is, like, he's just – he's so uber talented. 
Um, there was that whole the whole rumor of the whole orgy thing, which we don't really have to get into. Choo choo. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest thing someone said was like, "Oh man, we just took a receiver who went last in the train," and I'm like, "Yikes!" Um, but um, <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, but if if he's locked in, you, you yeah. see the talent. He's a, he's an uber talented player. Um, even as early as the, the start of this year, prior to the draft, uh, obviously people had him as like a, a number one pick, right? A, a, a yeah. first round pick. And then, you know, from there started slipping, like, oh, maybe he'll be a, a second round pick. And then the whole, you know, dismissal from LSU thing came in and yeah. the whole, you know, the choo-choo, the choo-choo experience happened. And, and then like, right. the whole, I'm declare, I'm, I'm coming back to LSU and then, and then I'm going to the draft because the train draft. came out. Yeah. 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 So, it was uh, but as far as like the talent, I don't think you can argue with the talent. And no. I think that's kind of, the the right kind of pick for the Patriots at this point because like I said, you weren't gonna get an instant impact kind of like year one. He's gonna come in and and light the world on fire wide receiver at that point in the draft anyway. So the guy you're taking is going to have an asterisk no matter what. So like, oh he's either too small, too slow, uh, you know, went last in the train or whatever the case is, you're gonna have someone who's a little, you know, a little sussy, but it's a sixth round pick. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the absolute worst thing that's going to happen is he's going to not, you know, not work out here. And he's going to end up on that long ass list of, you know, day three receivers who didn't work out for the, for the Patriots. Sue me, you know, like I, I'll, yeah. I'll take that. So I think um, he's the kind of player that will be talked about as a steal. Um, and I think that's going to last throughout the entire, uh, throughout the entire offseason until the game start. And we'll see how it goes from there. Yeah. Cause it's like one of those things going into camp. Now when you look at it, okay. Juju, I still put Kendrick Bourne as wide receiver too. Look, we know if they play him right, he can be good. I think you put Taekwon in your slot. And then you have probably from there Butte. And then we'll see if Trey Nixon can get into the lineup at all. I so think it's, it's like Parker. Or, my bad, I completely forgot about Parker. Yeah, so everyone Parker, forgets about Parker. <laughs> yeah, so which I could still see him being like a June trade candidate potentially. Sure, sure. I just think no one else can do what he does as far as like being big. <laughs> they just don't have a, as many big receivers. So I think he's um, he's probably going to be around, but, you know, I, I, I'm wondering how much he plays. I think it's him and Taekwon for that X spot. Um, yeah. You know, Juju – Probably big slot kind of Z and then Kendrick Bourne, same kind of thing. Um, I have Butte as, a, as one of the wide receivers as well. And then I'm curious as to who takes that last wide receiver spot. I It could be DeMario Douglas, the other wide receiver they took the, from Liberty. Um, I thought he was more of a, just a gadget player, but a lot of people smarter than me seem to think like he can, he can develop into a slot. So I guess we'll see. That also was a pure Belichick thing as soon as i saw east west shrine i'm like yeah that, that's a belichick pack yeah, most certainly most yeah. certainly in fact i'm actually surprised it didn't take more uh more shrine bowl players yeah but the, the same time too like look the fact that they took a punter who wears rec specs and they took a kicker whose favorite line was about kicking in the cold yeah everyone's like, oh you don't drop yeah. the punter don't drop the kicker i'm like guys those were needs. Look, I thought michael turk was going to be the punter the yeah. kid from oklahoma just because mm-hmm. that's another east west shrine guy but at the same time, too, it's, oh, I know you always fantasy football in the draft or whatever. Oh, you can get those guys later on or whatever. Like, you know, Goskowski undrafted on Tucker. Uh, on Tucker. Tucker undrafted. But if the need's there and you want the guy, just go get him. Yeah. I, I don't buy into the idea that uh, you don't draft a kicker. I think all of the um, – I think everyone thinks you can just pick up a kicker off the, you know, off the scrap, heap or ha- scrap heap and just make it happen. But I, I think that's an unrealistic um, – it's just not really a realistic idea just because we see what happens when teams lose kickers. Like yep. teams with established kickers, they lose kickers. And then they're just like churning through just randoms, just bringing in random dudes like left and right. And they're getting cut and moved and all that. And it's just because it's really not that easy. Same same thing kind of applies to a punter, right? The Patriots had, you know, Jake Bailey, who they did draft. Um, and once he started to, you know, decline, he got hurt and then ended up on IR. They brought in uh, Paul Pilar- Pilar- yeah, Michael Pilardi, um, and he was awful. <laughs> he was absolutely terrible. So it was just like, yeah, you can't just find them anywhere. Like, if it were that easy, you know, teams would have better punters. But I think punting as a whole in the league isn't fantastic, and it's because punters just aren't that easy to find. So if you have one that, you know, you feel like, hey, this can be our punter for the next seven, eight years, 
I mean, draft because like, like, what else are you doing with the picks, right? You yeah. take a you know the punter. This took was a Bryce Berenger, sixth round out of Michigan State, right? Yep. What? Who else are you taking in the sixth round at pick one ninety two? Who's going to move the needle? Like you're, you're probably taking, yeah, you're probably taking a linebacker who's going to end up on the practice squad. So I don't see why it's like, oh, you don't you don't draft one, you don't draft one, you absolutely draft one. As far as taking one in the fourth, I don't know, man. Like I think by then the Patriots were kind of just over the draft with regards to like their players um i think once you start taking specialists you're kind of telling us like hey all the impact players are gone we're just taking you know traits at this point we're taking <laughs> darts we're throwing yeah. darts like <laughs> guys who might be able to play and, and you go from there um so i don't i don't really mind that and i think had san francisco not taken jake moody it what pick number 99 yeah. um i don't think you know i don't think chad ryland goes in the fourth he went you know the the you know kicker out of maryland he yeah. went pick one 112 I don't think that happens if Moody doesn't go 99. Um, And it's mostly just because at that point, he's the only other kicker in the draft, right? It was a two-kicker draft. It was Moody and it was Chad Ryland. Those are the two top kickers. Um, (laughs) Right. Um, And you had Green Bay who had a need at at kicker. So the Patriots decided to trade up and they took a kicker. Because then you see what, you know, the ripple effect down the line. Green Bay drafted a kicker in the sixth round who has a 72% you know, field goal percentage, that is abysmal, you know, and that's a guy you, you drafted because there was no one else. So as far as the, you don't draft a kicker, I'm like, uh, you, you draft kickers. I'm sorry. You do. It, the idea of just, you're going to find one undrafted and just make it happen. Isn't realistic. And everyone, no one cares about a kicker until you need a kicker. Like until your guy is missing a, you know, 42 yarder, then all of a sudden you're like, this guy sucks. Get a better kicker. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> should have drafted one. <laughs> Yeah, that's just the thing, like where you're saying, like it's it happens. I don't know how much of a fantasy footballer you are, but um, back in the day, I used to do it. Uh, haven't in the last four years. But so you know, when it comes to drafting, how like for example, tight end, mm-hmm. one person will take like an elite tight end, like a Travis Kelsey will go, and then you yep. just see a run of tight ends go, yep. and then if you don't capitalize, that's when you end up with a shitty. With a you're shitty gonna position. end up playing Ryan Izzo at your tight end spot, yeah. Exactly. So it's the same sort of logic here with the kickers where it's like, look, do you want um, Ryland or do you want the guy that's a 72% accuracy rating? Exactly. 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 So you, you make it happen with what you have. I, I understand, though, you know, people don't just don't value special teams enough, uh, but that's really not realistic to how the league works. The league has shown us many a times through many years at this point that they they highly value special teamers kickers get drafted punters get drafted hell long snappers get drafted guys are taking just pure specialists i know patriots fans love to pretend like it's only the patriots who do this like no one else takes you know special teamers and like everyone else takes special teamers like it it absolutely happens because it doesn't matter in madden and it doesn't matter in fantasy football but like in real football when you have a bad special teams unit it shows as you saw with the Patriots. I mean, three kick kick return touchdowns, unacceptable, yeah. unacceptable. So yeah, you're going to take, you're, they're going to take a few special teams only players and we're going to have to just be okay with it. Yeah. It's because it's one of those things too, where it's like right now it's like, Oh man, why do we do that? But in the long run, you're going to look at it and go, Hey, it was a smart thing. Like the investment yep. doesn't look good in the short term, but in the long term, you're going to be thankful for it. Absolutely. Um, I don't mean to put you on the spot like this, but I want to play a, not a, qu- a quick game, but a game with the, the first round as a whole. Sure. Basically, I'll read you off a pit, the pick, yeah, and you give me a buzzword or a quick explanation of what you thought of it. Sure. Bryce Young. Loved it. Loved it. Uh, best player in the draft. Should have gone number one overall, and he did go number one overall. They didn't overthink it. CJ Stroud. Like it a lot. Um, I'm curious to see how it works out for him in Houston, because I, I don't think Houston has been great at developing quarterbacks, but I um, I don't buy into the whole, oh, you know, he went to Ohio State, you can't you can't draft him there. You know, Ohio State quarterbacks are terrible. I think he's a good player. He's fundamentally sound, and he's super accurate. I think that translates to the league. Will Anderson. Love Will Anderson. That was uh, that was exciting. I thought he was going to go number two, but I understand why he went three. Um, he is going to be a great edge for Houston for a very long time. Plays the run well, pass rush as well. What more can you ask for? Uh, my only thing is, and you said this back in March, I remember, teams who are usually picking in the top 10 now will be in the top 10 next year. Yep. So we'll see what ends up happening with them. If it's, like, in the short term, that might, decision might look bad, but in the long term, if those guys develop and Will Anderson is a true leader and alpha male in this defense, people are going to forget about it. Right, right. It only it only matters if you're bad for beyond that, that next year. So I think next year they may still end up being, like, a, you know, around – Picking around 10th or 11th, well, I guess Arizona will because they have the pick. But I think if you're still bad the year after that, then you can scrutinize the pick. But I think give it a year. Yep. Wait till 2020. I'm going to wait till 25 to make judgment on that. Going Absolutely. Into that draft. Yep. 
Uh, Anthony Richardson. Okay. Uh, like the talent, um, I just think he – I wish he went somewhere else. Uh, Indianapolis doesn't have any anything else in that quarterback room. I think he's a player who just needs a year and a half of development. He's only 20 years old. He's only started, I think, 13 games in his college yep, career. 13. That is – that is alarming. And then to go to the to the Colts and then have to be the, the, the savior behind a really rickety offensive line, the skill players. I know a lot of people really like them. They really don't impress me much. I, I People love Alec Pierce. He's just fine. I didn't. I don't love Josh Downs. They drafted him. I don't love him. Michael Pittman's pretty good, though, so that's yeah. cool. And then their tight end situation, I don't love either. You have Mo Alley Cox. He's fine. Um, yeah. He's uh, the word is mid uh, that I like to use for him. And then Jonathan Taylor, I want to see if he bounces back or not because he didn't have the best 2022. Yep. Um, my word for Anthony Richardson is high risk, high reward. Yes. If if he hits, they're going to look like fucking geniuses. If yep. not, that's rough. <laughs> that's rough. Um, Devin Witherspoon. Love Devin Witherspoon. Uh, one of my, like I said earlier, either use either my, my favorite corner or my second favorite corner, um, depending on the day. I think he has that dog attitude he he plays he plays pissed off um and he he plays like he's offended that the receiver has lined up across from him and that is just the kind of swagger i think like all right cool you stick that that'll play anywhere so i think seattle got a good one okay paris johnson jr love uh, best tackle in the draft i don't know that it was necessarily close um absolute stud big it's it's also a big need for arizona because look here you're not going to run Will Anderson – or not Will Anderson, excuse me, Will Hernandez back out as tackle because we right. all know, look, that offensive, line is, yeah. that offensive line is bad. Yep. Um, but I do like – actually, by the way, I know everyone's gushing about a certain bird in this draft, which we'll talk about, but Arizona – They had a good draft. Yeah, they had, they had a good draft. draft. I agree. Like you, could, you could tell, like, this wasn't a Steve Kime draft. You could tell yes. it was I, someone it, new. I think their draft picks weren't really all that flashy, but I think they hit on a, a couple of they, – they picked up a couple of high – high potential players. Um, I really like they took uh, the wide receiver, Michael Wilson, in the yeah. third round. He is someone who doesn't play – who didn't play a lot in college because he was just hurt all the time. But the talent is undeniable. So if they hit on that, that's going to that's gonna be incredible. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to go first on this one, and I'm going to say Tyree Wilson. And I'm going to say uh, I think the Vegas Raiders are trying to be what the 22 Patriots were in the sense of your offense is kind of mm, – but you're just going to depend on your defense to yeah. win football games. I like it because I think they – uh, I think that pass rush is going to be very dangerous. Obviously, you have Max, uh, Max Crosby there, and Chandler Jones is still there until you add Tyree Wilson. Um, I think the injury thing kind of worries me, uh, that the injury concern there. Um, but it's fine. Yeah. And then Bijan Robinson? Love Bijan Robinson. He is special. I think it is okay that he went as high as he did. Uh, people will keep telling you you don't draft running backs, but uh, if he's a special player, you take a special player. I'm going to say this right now. I feel like Atlanta at first, I was always judging them on like, hmm, how are you going to do? But I feel like Atlanta is going to be one of those teams that like sneaks up on people where you like, they do a little bit better than people expect. I'm not saying yeah. they make the playoffs, but. No, I, I, I don't think they'll make the playoffs. I think they will compete. And that's all you can really ask for. And, and I'm going to say this for NFC South. I'm going to say six to seven win team. I think they'll they'll steal a couple of games and win a couple mm-hmm. they're not supposed to. Sure. I think they'll be in it well into December. Yes. And this pick is my personal favorite of the first round besides Gonzalez, but. Jalen Carter, number nine. I I I like it. Um, I just wish it wasn't to Philly because yeah. my goodness, what the hell? Um, they, they just just two drafts in a row where they just had an elite lineman just like fall, and I'm like sick because they got Jordan Davis last year, they got Jalen yeah. Carter this year, and I'm like, great, great. <laughs> the, that's not even like my opinion. The best pick, I think, one of their best picks was getting Keely Ringo at the start of the fourth yes, round. Yes, in the fourth round, and I I said that if the, if he was still there, if I were the Patriots, I would have just taken him um, and figured it out later. You just he's too good a player to still be sitting around there at uh at pick what what do you, where to go one oh three one oh four so yeah one oh three one oh four somewhere in there. yeah so at that point you're like he's too good take it that is they had an excellent draft that they did uh, Darnell Wright. I thought he went too early. I liked him. I just top ten is is that early. That is early. Kyrie got me on him to come to us at the pick fourteen. Which if, I, if, he, if we took him at fourteen, I wouldn't have been mad about it or even there. But I feel like I just don't get the Bears why you forego Jalen Carter to get right. So, but at the same yeah. time, too, uh, they need the offensive line as well. Yeah, I think it all goes back to missing on um on Mike McGlinchey. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know. I I thought ten was a little soon for him, but he's he's a good player. 
And then Skoronsky at 11, I don't mind. I think that was the right spot for him to go. But yeah. I think he was one of those guys. Sorry to cut you off, but I think he's one of those guys that was a little over, like the, not to the extent of Will Levis, which we'll obviously saw happen, but he was a little overvalued, I think, going into the draft. I agree. I think he's um, he's kind of a – he's more Quentin Nelson than he is Zach Martin. I know people like to call him to Zach Martin, like, oh, he's going to be like a Hall of Fame guard. I think he'll be very, very good for a while, and we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah. And then the next one I'm going to go with, because uh, I know you had the famous Mr. Burns gift tweet about him, Jameer Gibbs. All I'm going to uh, say about this, yeah. this was way too early. This was way too early. Yeah, I really like Jameer Gibbs in like the late 20s or the top of the second round. 12 is absurd. Um, I don't know if you've heard the, uh, the the rumblings, but apparently they Detroit took them as high as they did because they thought the Patriots would take him at 14. Which I don't know if I would have liked them at 14. If he was like, I don't think he was in play at 14. That doesn't feel realistic. If say if he was falling and he was in the mid to late 30s, that's when I think you you pounce like and you do the absolutely. Bottom line. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You trade up. You go get him there. 12. Man, you're asking a lot. And then to I don't know how to feel about the running back room. Look, I know the rich get richer with Swift to Philly. I love that move. Yep. But yep. I don't know how a backfield of my I feel like the backfield's downgraded with Montgomery and Gibbs to from Williams and Swift. Um, I'm not uh I'm just not big on David Montgomery, so I completely agree. Um and I'm also super big on um on Swift? No, on pardon, it's uh Oh, Williams. Yeah, Jamal Williams, pardon. Uh, yeah, I was super big on him. I, I think they should have just kept him instead of allowing him to go. Uh, so, I don't know. I don't think they – I really don't think that running room – that running back room got that much better. I like Jameer Gibbs a lot, but I, I really don't like David Montgomery, so. Yeah, but I, like, I, I like David Montgomery as a running back too, but I don't like him as a running back one. Sure. Yeah. 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 So, I, I don't know. I, I uh, 12, is, 12 is just way too early, and that, that also – between that and then their their next pick, which I'm sure you'll get to, I just I, I don't know. I was I was down on the Lions after day one. I think the Lions are that team that everyone's kind of expecting to take the next step, but I feel like yes. they're. They... I feel like they overachieved a little bit last year, and they're going to come back down to earth yeah, just I a guess, little bit. I still feel like they'll be competitive, but they're going to sure. be a team that say if they start one and two, everyone's going to be like, guys, what the fuck? Yep, yep. I think everyone's kind of expecting them to just be like, oh yeah, they're going to you know win ten games. I think. Would they win last year? Nine games. Yeah. Um, I think this year they'll probably win about eight or nine games, and they're not going to. I don't think they'll they'll fall fall that far back. I just don't think they're. Uh, I don't think they're as good as how they ended the year last year. If that makes sense, that makes complete sense to me. Um, and then Lucas Van Ness. I don't know if there's a bigger highlight: him getting drafted or the father slapping that girl in the ass. What was the bigger highlight from that? Wait, movie? what? I missed that. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll send it to you. But apparently, okay. like. Basically, his I think it was his dad. His dad, excuse me, was like smacking some girl in the bum after he got drafted or something like that. And even how there was like the random kid who came in and hugged him, and it was just like get the fuck away from him. Um, oh, I love it. Um, I I liked I really liked Lucas Van Ness. I was um, leading into the into the draft when there was you know the the whispers that the Patriots would have taken Lucas Van Ness at 14. That was like who they liked at 14. I, uh, I know the internet was like throwing up, but I, I like, I, I thought, I think he's a very good player. I think he's incredibly underrated and I'm not sure why people are talking about him. Like he's, you know, Jadavian Clowney, like, Oh, he can only, you know, play the run. He can't rush the passer. He's a good player. They got, they got a good one. Yeah. I think it'll help their defense. Cause that's something that's always been lacking. We all know it. Cause especially with the Aaron Rodgers stuff where it's just like, yeah. look, if Rodgers is only one of the elite defense. Does Van Ness make them elite? I don't know, but it's a good addition. I think he, he's just a good pass. Right. I, I don't think he's any worse than Preston Smith. Who's, you know, their, their edge over there right now. So yeah. I think at, at worst, you got a younger version, um, someone with more upside to just come in and, and compete against them. So I like the pick a lot. And then Roger Jones. I liked Broderick Jones. I didn't like him for the Patriots. Uh, the 19 starts thing, I'm just like, eh, the Patriots just aren't going to take him there. Um, good for the Steelers. I do question their ability to develop linemen. I think um, – Kevin Green hasn't turned into anything special. Yeah, we kind of talk about them like, oh, they're just not taking good linemen. I think they're taking fine linemen. I just don't think they're developing them very well. Yeah, the, the Steelers are such a weird team. Like, they're going to be competitive, but they're going to be mid at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, and they're going to finish with, you know, one win over 500 because that's just how they operate. Yeah. 
And then Will McDonald, like we said, I think this was just a panic pick by the Jets. Yes, that that felt too early. Um, I think he's a good player, and I liked him in round two. I think, I mean, just it's it's absurd to have taken him at fifteen. And then Emmanuel Forbes, he's someone I did want for the Patriots, but I like the fit in Washington. They, I think they really prioritize defense in this draft. Yeah, I like um, I like Forbes as well. I think he's. The kind of corner, I don't think he's as technically sound as Christian Gonzalez. What I think he brings to the table, though, is he will turn the ball over. He's he will a get, he, oh yeah, he will get you those turnovers and he will make something happen with it. Um, but with those kind of players, though, you do, you know, obviously there are going to be some times he's going to, you know, go for the go for the ball. He's going to miss it and he's going to give up a huge, a huge play. But I, I like those players anyway. I think J.C. Jackson was like that, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. You had uh, Marcus Peters was like that. Right now, Trayvon Diggs, um, who is a really good corner. And I know people think he's so overrated. He's kind of like that where he's going to give you a splash play. He's also going to give up, you know, a 75 yard touchdown to Kendrick Bourne. That's, that's going to happen. So. Yeah. That's the thing. And then obviously we got to Christian Gonzalez earlier. I don't know if yep. we, we can talk about it again if we want to. He is awesome. And I'm happy he's here. <laughs> <laughs> Number zero, baby. Oh yeah. And then I don't know if you know this or not, but there's also a goaltender with the exact same name, but Jack Campbell. Holy this is shit. another. This was another way too early pick for me. I despise that. That is, I, I, I straight up hated that pick. I when they said Jack Campbell, I laughed out loud. I was like, this is insane. Mike Renner from formerly of Pro Football Focus, because they've laid off so many people lately. Yeah. It's crazy. Said this basically: the Detroit Lions went to a steakhouse in order to hamburger. <laughs> that is a really good comparison. Yeah, I um, I think you know what it is. What my issue with is with him is um, he is an off-ball linebacker, and I I think they're the running backs of defense where you probably shouldn't take one on you know day one unless he is special. Um, and Jack Campbell doesn't do anything special. He's a good player, um, and would have been a great player in day two. I would have been like, oh yeah, great. I mean. Good for Detroit for getting him when they did, but at uh, at 18, you're asking a lot. He is not um, particularly great in coverage. He's not a sudden athlete. He doesn't have like super super good range. I I don't I don't see that one. You got don't Mal- see it. You got Malcolm Rodriguez in the yeah. sixth round last year, and they're yeah. very similar style yeah. off ball so linebacker. I think they're going to make a good combination. I just I mean taking them at taking him at 18 is just. You know what they're um, Campbell and Rodriguez. They're going to do this. They're going to have those plays where they just fucking truck someone, or they're going to have those running plays where they just get burnt by yep, a tight the, end or yep, running back the ball and just yeah, not even a factor in it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think man, I, I really re- that was my least favorite pick of the uh, of the first round. I I did not like that at all. And then this pick, I kind of liked. For the sense of, like, look, it is a position need, and that's Kalaja Kansi going to Tampa. I just like it because Nunes Roaches, which I always thought was an underrated free agency signing, went to the Giants this offseason. Uh, you know, I like Kalaja Kansi. I think um, the the worst thing that's going to happen to him is everyone's going to expect him to be Aaron Donald, and he is not that. No. He is not not stout against the run because Aaron Donald can at least defend the run. Um, but I think he's a really good interior rusher, so good for them. Don't, don't love it. Don't hate it. So, yeah. And then, uh, obviously, JSN going to Seattle. Love that. Love it. Yeah. Love it. I mean, just that, just That's the math on their offense. headed monster at receiver. Yeah. Tyler Lockett. You have uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. And then you obviously have DK on the outside. I think that is a, that is good. They, they, did, they did really well. Yeah. And then, obviously, look, before we get to the next pick, uh, I want to send another quick update just because you keep getting them. But just want to send another. I did this last time. I'm going to do this again just to give another quick just a little shout out to Doug Hyde who's going through a lot right now with his family. And we're just Absolutely. thinking about just thinking about him and hoping for the best for him because, look, that's something you, you no one should have to go through. Completely agree. Yeah. Um, in which the GoFundMe, I believe, is already over $80,000 as well. Which oh, I'd love to hear that. Yeah. Um, and then Quentin Johnston to LA. This fit I really like. I like it. I just don't really understand what they're what they're cooking over in LA. In LA. Uh, you have you have Josh Palmer. You have you know obviously Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and then you add Quentin Johnston. And I'm just like, okay, but like, you know, these you you have three guys who I feel like are so similar. You know that I was like, all right, cool. Um, but it's fine. I feel like it's just like going to the car where it's like, okay, we go to the wide receiver line. Okay, we have him. He's average height. Okay, we have him. He's a little bit taller than Mike Williams. We want the really tall guy to catch Give us a jumbo receiver. Bring him in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I don't mind it at all. I just – I think their defense is atrocious, though, so I don't really understand going wide receiver again if you just have absolutely nothing worth talking about on defense. But 
and that's and that's and that's it's i think it's just crazy to have a defense where you have khalil mack you have uh joey bosa and you have derwin james and the defense is still not very good and one thing i want to say with them is drew quaint drew tranquil is a sneaky loss that they experienced mm-hmm. this offseason uh completely agree i he was he was an underrated player and he's in kansas city now yep so they'll see him and he signed for really good money there for really small money there so that's just i i don't really know what they're doing over there. I think that was his ring chaser money that he signed. Like, like hey, let's let's go on a chip. Yeah, okay. So um, maybe he wouldn't have taken that for uh, for San, uh, for L.A. I, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and then Zay Flowers going to Baltimore, where the highlight of this for me was his key and peel impression when he walked into the facility on Friday. This might be another <laughs> video I saw. Sent you. I haven't seen it. No. Basically, you know the key and peel Barack Obama sketch? Yeah, yeah. Where he's like, every black no, person's like, oh, yeah. what's, up, what's up? And then the white person, nice to meet you. Nice he to, yeah, literally yeah. did that. Oh no! I gotta see it. I gotta see it. That sounds fun. Yeah. Um, Zay Flowers to uh, to Baltimore. I like it for like Lamar. I like that. You know, obviously they went out there and got him a, a nice, uh, nice weapon. I just I'm worried because for whatever reason, Baltimore is the place that receivers go to die. Like they go there and they just don't do what they should be doing. Like Rashad Bateman should be an elite. He's player been quiet since, and he got he's drafted. just. Nothing going on. I'm just like, uh, I just, I don't know. They had uh, Hollywood Brown and, you know. They just didn't use him right. Yeah. And obviously they're transitioning out of a run first offense. So we'll see. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I'd be more excited if Baltimore just didn't have a history of like just sucking the life out of receivers. I did send you the video, by the way, while you were talking. So if you can view it after, if you want, you can view okay. it whenever. Um, one thing I want to get into quickly, just because we brought Rashad Bateman, is. Actually, never mind. We'll get into it when his team picks next. And then Jordan Addison, like we talked about before, that's great. I think he there's a potential for him to leapfrog KJ Osborne for wide receiver, too. I agree. And that is um, disappointing because I really like KJ Osborne. So, uh, but maybe, maybe he'll request a trade and they'll send him to New England. That'll, you know, pipe dream. That's my pipe dream. Send him here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can only be one thing but hopeful. And then the next thing I was going to get into, because this ties into Minnesota. I know Minnesota, the New York Giants, excuse me, took Deontay Banks in the first round. Yes. I really like their second round pick with John Michael Schmidt. I really yes. like that pick. Yeah, that was, um, they, they had a. They had a until, really good draft. Yeah, they had, they had, I, I liked, I liked what they were doing. I think Deontay Banks is um my favorite corner who wasn't Christian Gonzalez or Devin Witherspoon. I think he is a phenomenal player he is a really good man cover corner he's built really well he runs really fast i I just he is so good so i good for the uh good for the giants for just getting them one yeah because like because with the giants they had banks good pick schmitz look they need center they need a center that's something i've been begging for for years jalen hyatt i really liked and i didn't love him as much but i uh i can understand you know why they would you know why they take him and what they're hoping to do with him and if it if it works it's it's going to be it's going to look great for them so that's the thing that's why i like it because it's one of those things where it's like hey it's filling a team need like he may not be like look on the top of everyone's radar but if he helps yeah. fill the giants needs i feel like their fan base will be happy and then i blanking on the guy but they took the oklahoma running back which i feel like is a like i know right away uh i think eric well, not eric Gay, what's the kid's name let me let, let me let me let's see if i can find this quickly as i scroll through it here who uh so they took uh, Eric Gray in the fifth round. That's who it is, yeah. Eric Gray. And then they took Trey Hawkins uh, in the in the sixth. I liked Eric Gray just because you need a wide rec- you need a running back two behind Saquon. You need someone. I you agree. Can re- someone you can on. just give the ball to and, and and be all right. Yeah. Yes. And for this next player, I'm gonna I want to go first because I saw this comparison on Twitter and I laughed at it. And that's Dalton Kincaid, and someone compared him to a less murdery Aaron Hernandez. Uh, I like Dalton Kincaid. I thought he's a, a really good player, and I'm I'm bummed out that he's a Bill. Um, cause he is just going to kill the Patriots in one game. Yeah. You just know it two years. Like, yeah, he's just going to just murder them. It's going to be like, yep, we I, deserve this. I feel like in a sense too, that he has potential to be better than Dawson Knox. I don't know if that'll be I completely or not. agree. I agree. I think his ceiling is much higher. Um, but I also think Dawson Knox is a better player than other, than Bill's fans think he is for whatever reason. Like at the end of every year, they're like, oh, fucking Dawson Knox. And I'm like. I like Dawson Knox. Like he's a good, he's a good player. But I don't know uh, the Bills fans on my timeline just don't seem to like him nearly as much as I do. So I, don't know. I think it's just because last year he signed his contract and then he was basically put on a milk carton until December, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're not always in control of that, but and they had a weird year anyway. So I don't yeah. know. I, Dawson Knox is a good player. And then Mozzie Smith. This is just a weird one. I liked Mozzie Smith. Um, I, I 
didn't expect him to go to Dallas, but that's why I call it weird. Yeah, he's a really good run defender, though. Like, that is just, and I know he doesn't offer nearly anything as a pass rusher, but you know, two downs, like, he's just gonna stick him in the middle there. You're you're gonna be all right. You're gonna be all right. I like, I like that one. Yeah. And then the other one that I liked was Anton Harrison to the Jags, just because this is a perfect team fit. Yes. More um, than anything. They obviously needed a a tackle after the suspension. Um, The suspension news came down on, on, on Cam Robinson. Um, I thought he would be there in the second. I was hopeful, and then they they took it away from me. So, yeah. And then Miles Murphy to the Bengals. Look, I think they're just you're beefing up your pass rush. I agree. Uh, we'll see how it uh, how it shakes out, but I, I think that Cincinnati's pass rush is a little underrated. Um, they have you know Joseph Asai. They have uh, Trey Hendrickson. Sam, Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard. I. That's a that's a good pass rushing you know trio there, and then you add Miles Murphy. I that's a, I don't know. I I think they're gonna they're gonna make some noise. Obviously, the, the Bengals are gonna obviously you know compete for the division and and should be the favorites to win it. But I think that pass rush is going to be something by the middle of November. We're like, oh yeah, that's a good pass rush. They also have one player on their defense that I'm really a fan of, and that's Logan Wilson, the linebacker. I like Logan Wilson. The player of their, on their defense that I'm a fan of is uh, Chidobe Awuzie, who is coming off an ACL. Love him. Love him. I just love him because, like, every time I swear I watch a Dallas Cowboy game, his name was always getting called by Joe Buck. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And you so want that. I, yeah, he's a, he is a good player. I know um, uh, Cowboys fans just didn't really like him very much. They're like, oh, he's, you know. I, I always thought he was kind of miscast there, though. He was playing a lot of his own. I think he's a better man corner than he is his own corner. And I think the minute he got to Cincinnati, everyone's like, oh, wait a minute. This guy can play. So I love Chidobe Ouzie, um, and I hope he comes back stronger than ever. And then Brian Brees? I have no opinion on that. I um, I think uh, that uh, New Orleans just – they just keep taking D linemen, and they just, like, fall into the black hole. Like, they take one every year in the first round and nothing, nothing – it's always at the end of the year, you're like, yep, it's Cam Thomas – I mean, sorry uh, – Peyton Cam Jordan and yeah. absolutely no one. You had Peyton Turner. They took a couple of years ago. He he has done absolutely nothing. They had Marcus Davenport, who had the, who had the, who they had traded up for. And he did absolutely nothing. Now he's in Minnesota. I don't know. I, I I should be more excited about it, but they just don't do anything over there. They also had David Onyemata as well, who yes. I like Canadian. And he was yep yep. And now he's and, in Atlanta. Yep, and, and that's a good pickup for them. And then they also lost Shai Tuttle. So I think more than anything, too, this was a true position filler. More yeah, we just think. needed a we need a D uh, a D tackle. Let's go ahead and get one. Yeah, and then uh, Nolan Smith, like, look, the rich get richer. Yeah, I I didn't love Nolan Smith. I just don't really know where he plays because I don't think he's that good a pass rusher um, to just line up on the edge the whole time. Um, so I didn't think he'd fit here, and I think he's a little small to play linebacker for the Patriots. Uh, but the minute he went to the Eagles, I'm just like, yeah, they're set. Like that is just an elite player for them uh, because they're they're fine with smaller linebackers playing in that uh, second level. And then Felix and ah, fuck, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this. <laughs> Felix and Duque Uzama. Yes, um, the pass rusher. Uh, he's a little raw, um, but I think the talent is there. I just I don't think he's a he's a good football player, not a good pass rusher yet. I yeah. think he will be. So they, they did the same thing last year too. Like they took George Carl Loftus, who I was high on coming out. I yeah. like I liked him for there because he actually had a pretty good rookie year. But um, you know what? Less about the first round picks now. Because I know we talked to Patriots receiver earlier, but in his rookie year, how many yards is Malik Cunningham gonna ca- is gonna catch? Okay, so <laughs> is you he playing receiver? If he's playing receiver, I mean, we'll we'll see. I um I like I like that signing a lot because I think he'll stick on the roster regardless um regardless of if he's playing receiver or if he's playing quarterback because uh, the Patriots have have needs that at. At both spots, um, they need another quarterback. You obviously, you're not going into camp with just you know Bailey Zappi and uh, Mac Jones. I know they signed Trace McSorley, but like, let's be real. Uh, so I like I like that a lot. Um, we'll see. I uh, I think he could be fun. He's a really good athlete. I just think it'll take him a little bit of time to to convert to receiver and, and make that transition fully. Cause we saw, you know, Derek King was supposed to make that transition last year yes. and he just couldn't. So, and now he's playing quarterback in the XFL for the uh, DC defenders, the uh, who are going to the championship next weekend. So we'll see who ended up winning out of the West or the, or the, uh, 
the uh, Arlington Renegades ended up with the upset. They beat uh, the Houston Roughnecks. Uh, yeah. So. Ooh, so Arlington versus uh, DC. They, they should get absolutely destroyed, but we'll see. <laughs> DC getting destroyed. <laughs> oh, oh, we love it. Um, but and you know what? Now is like the fun time of year to be a football fan because look, more than mini camp. Because I feel like mini camp is just you just there to see the players work out and be like, hey, you're gonna throw the ball, but then it's just like, okay, now let's throw the ball with pads on. And that's yep. where it's like training camp is fun. But my fun event is next Thursday, and that's scheduled release day. Why? Because we circle each and every single date on the calendar. So I want to ask you a question. If you're making sure. a schedule, who do you have the Patriots open up against week one, home or road? And I have them the on slot. the road, mm-hmm. uh, 4 o'clock against the Jets. I think that is just money. Money. I- I, I know you and I talked about this where I'm just like, the Jets are going to be like on Thursday night football and they're going to be on Monday night football. And then they're yeah. going to be on like a 425 spot where I want to be like yep. NFL. You don't have to shove them down our throats or force. But they will, us. but they, they will. will. They are suckers. They do it every year. They're oh, someone moved. We're just going to light, you know, they're going to be so good. And I really don't think the Jets are going to be that good. Um, because I, I don't buy into the idea that their only problem was quarterback, and everyone seems to be talking like their only problem was quarterback. Also, they got rid of Elijah Moore, and I also don't like the Jets, so fuck the Jets. So, uh, <laughs> But I, I would like to see them open on the road against the Jets because I feel like the schedule makers are going to want the the Jets at home to open up uh, yeah. to open up the year because of the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. Um, I know they're going to want them in a time slot that isn't 1 o'clock, so, and I don't think they're they're bold enough to put them on Sunday Night Football. Um, so I think it'll be a 4 o'clock game. And then you think of which which matchup would give you a lot of sauce, but not too much, right? Because you want to open with a, a matchup that's really good, but you don't want to blow your best matchup in Week 1. It's just Week 1. Yeah. Patriots. Nice division matchup. I, it just feels right. I completely agree with you just because it's like, look, you have this good matchup. You have it. Because if you throw Jets and Bills out there right away and yep. say if the Bills go in there and just cook them. Mm-hmm. Then you're like, yep, you're, you're starting off the, the season on a bad foot. And now everyone's looking at, at the primetime slate and seeing the, 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 the Jets four more times and going, oh, my God, I can't believe this. So you want to you want them to, to get a game that is, quote, unquote, winnable. Um, yeah. So I, then, I think you open – Open with a division rival. Yeah, and then my big thing with the Jets is, um, look, I just think they're going to be that team that's overhyped, a team I compare them to at the moment until I see it. you remember the Browns in 2019? I do remember the Browns in 2019, yeah. Um, and they got cooked by Tennessee week one, and right away everyone yep. was just like, we were oh, dead wrong about Browns. these boys. Yeah. yeah, I do remember that. That's it's, a fun comparison. I think that's, that's a good one. I think that could be one, and I also think another one, too, could be the Detroit Lions in that sense, where, you know, because everyone's trying to say division winner, this, this, this. I'm like, guys, I I saw the Vikings winning that division personally. I agree. And I think that Green Bay's not a team to be slept on. I think it's just up to love on how good they are. Right. I think um, that defense is better than people are giving them credit for. They're going to be that team that win a lot of ugly football games. Yes, and there's nothing wrong with winning ugly football games. No. You don't want to lose ugly football games, but if yeah. you win ugly football games, you're doing all right. And then the Bears are that – I think the Bears are an X factor in the sense of, like, they're going to be better than last year. I don't see them as getting worse. Yeah, I just don't know how much better. Um, That's the thing. I don't know that that roster is that much better than it was last year. Um, they had a, a really solid draft with regards to just getting players like they needed. Like, they just got better. Um, but I I, don't, I really don't know how much better they are. Uh, than last year I, I still have them behind the lions and behind the vikings so yeah and for me i i still have them in fourth as well but i feel like it's will the car drive 50 miles will the car drive 500 miles you yeah. know it's one of those things where it's like same old bears because i think this for as much as i don't like this happening this could really be a two-year firing if, if things don't go to plan and they look horrible again i think polls can be safe but i think yep. that eber flus could be gone i i would agree with that um and for a while there at the start of last year it did feel like he was going to be gone because they were playing some ugly football and they decided to kick our ass out of yes and then they beat the shit out of us and it was like all right cool and then just yeah that yeah like that game that game bought like i'm going to rant like look i know people like we like you and i spoke literally right after vegas that game bothered me more than anything because it started the whole you know oh who's a quarterback when we yep. were all like okay yeah. we know what's going on and then the fact yeah. that it's just like we're getting burnt by equinemius st brown and dante pettis i was just like yeah. what, are we, what are we doing here this isn't matt's fault this is a yeah. collective shitty team effort. yep yep yeah and then you know justin fields just running all over everyone and you're like yeah this is this is 
this is terrible. And then somehow making it about the quarterbacks, I was like, all right, fun. Yeah. Fun, fun, fun. And then the only other thing I'll say is, is because two weeks earlier, I got to see them play in what was their best home game of the season against the Detroit Lions. Yeah. And then, uh, what was I going to say? And as I look at my mural for my trip to Boston, the only thing I wish for, and I feel like it's going to come back this year, is the Pat Patriot red uniforms. Absolutely. I think they'll play, they'll probably do it three times this year. One uniform matchup that we have this year that I would love to see, but I feel like it would just look really weird, is us and our Reds against Philly and their Kelly Green. That would be amazing. It's not going to happen because no. the world hates us, but that would be amazing. That would be also, you know what? As, as an aside, what really, 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 really bothered me about that uh, Bears game is that it was the first time the Patriots went with the blue tops, gray bottoms. Yes. And they got absolutely cooked. And now I feel like they're going to be reluctant to do it, but it was a good look. So I'm like, I don't know, man. You know, another good look was for the team. This is 2017. Do you remember the game in Tampa Bay? I do remember the white on white. Yeah, yeah the, the color rush. Yeah, I that I loved. That. that was fun. It was a terrible yeah. game, but that was a, a good look. Yeah, I think they won like 19 to 17 or something like that. Yeah, it was, a very... it, was a, it was really smoky, I remember, because they they'd fired off the cannons and it, the smoke never dissipated. And it was like, it was a weird game. <laughs> it was the first game where Stefan Gilmore was like Stefan Gilmore because we were prior to that they had the uh they had the Kansas City game and he got you know he gave up that huge touchdown and they got absolutely smoked. He, they had the game against the Saints and it was the same thing where he just kind of fucked up on the on the coverage, blew an assignment Ooh, wide. Brady open. looked amazing though, but yeah. So that was um that was we, the first game where like Gilmore looked like, oh yeah, we're all right here. I'm trying to remember who they played week three that year, but I remember week four they lost a very close one to Carolina, and that's like that game. Yes, I do remember that. that was the game where uh, where Malcolm Butler had that interception that he shouldn't have had because he blew the assignment, and I was like, okay, yeah. weird game. Weird. That was a weird year. Yeah, I did not like 2017 as far as the Patriots football goes. I was like, and, and there was the foggy game. They played the Texans. The they played the Texans in week three. That was the the, the Brandon Cooks the sick catch on the uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is one of my favorite catches yeah. of all. That, that was the Deshaun Watson coming out party too. Yeah, yeah. That was a that was a great game. Great game. Yeah, I just remember Cooks caught it and then it was amazing. But then, like we said, the other games I remember from that year was the Falcons, uh, the Falcons fall game. Yes, I re- oh yeah, they had the sick camera angle because the other cameras weren't working because it was too foggy. <laughs> and then even that year in the playoffs, like we played Tennessee and then had the nail biter against Jacksonville. Yep. There was a game against Pittsburgh, which I remember I was at a family Christmas and I was just they were all like, "You should that not have the, won that game." I was just like, the Jesse, Shut up. the Jesse James game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Weird year. Was, yeah, I'm trying to remember who like you know what? Since we have time to kill, I'm gonna not time to kill, but since we have time, I'm gonna look this up right now. 2017 New England. Patriots, and then I'll go to Wikipedia. Thirteen and three. Uh, believe it or not, that first year, let's see uh, four Pro Bowlers that year, uh, and then three All Pros. So not a bad, bad season for them in that sense. But let's see. Uh, okay, then they beat the Jets, Falcons, beat the Chargers. Oh, this is a game I remember. Two games I remember. They went to Denver and they whooped the Broncos on Sunday Night Football. What happened in that game? Uh, give me. A second. I'm just gonna go to it. And then the next one was the Mexico City game. Oh, I remember that where they're uh oh man, that was an Obi Melifanu who had to cover Brandon Cooks and was just sucking wind. I remember that. He just got burned and it was just like he, he just like he couldn't get his breath, and I was like, oh poor guy. Uh, in that game, Brady went in the Bronco game, Brady went twenty-five for thirty-four with two hundred and sixty-six yards and three touchdowns. Was that the game where um Deion Lewis blocked a kick? I think so. Uh let's see, who had the most touchdowns in this game? Uh White had a touchdown. Oh, Patriots legend Dwayne Allen caught a touchdown. Oh, you know, you know, I'm, I'm confusing it. Deion Lewis had the 103 yard kick return that year. That was the game against the Chargers. I want to say. No, the, he had the one against Denver. It was uh, November 12th. Because <gasps> he had a return touchdown, a receiving touchdown, and a rushing touchdown. I think you're right because the, they beat the Broncos 41 to 16 in this game. Yeah, that is that is the game that I am thinking of. Yes, and then and then you had the Mexico City game where they just cooked the Raiders 33 yep. to eight. They had absolutely no business in that game. And I remember uh, everyone was was like, "Oh yeah, Stephon Gilmore's going to get torched by Amari Cooper," and that just did not happen. Like you just said, uh, <laughs> what was his name again? Couldn't catch wind. Uh, Obi Melifanu. Yeah, he was just sucking air, and I'm like, "Oh, poor guy." And I liked Obi Melifanu, but man, that was tough. And then they beat Miami. They took care of Buffalo, which uh, yeah. And then they went to Miami and lost. And then they finished off the year by beating the Steelers, the Bills on Christmas Eve, nonetheless, and then the New York Jets, twenty-six to six, to finish the year off. So that um, that was 
the, the so that was the Miami game. That was the Monday night game. And I remember, I, I still to this day in my Rock heart was suspended for it because he because he least, yeah he he dropped Tre'Davious White yeah he dropped his elbow on him. Um, that was the game where I still think to this day that is the reason that Brandon Cooks got traded. I think he that was the game where he couldn't get off of press. Like he was getting pressed oh, by by Xavier yeah. Howard, and he just couldn't get open. And I remember everyone that night was just like. Yeah, I don't think you can. I don't think you can make it happen with with Brandon Cooks. He can't be your guy. Um, and I still, I still really do like Brandon Cooks. But I remember that game. I was just like, yeah, he really, he just, he's just getting the shit pressed out of him, and he can't, he can't make it happen. The oh, uh, the Christmas Eve game. I got a fun one for you. Uh, the Mike Gillisley scored a touchdown for the New England Patriots on Christmas Eve. Mike Gillisley, really? Yeah. That was the um I remember thinking he was gonna be so good. They gave him a fifth round pick to sign him as a restricted free agent, and then he uh he had the uh the the four touchdowns against the Chiefs or however many it was against the Chiefs, and then just did nothing the rest of the year. Oh, and here's the fun one. Um the final game of the year against the Jets, uh Eric Lee got a safety off Bryce Petty. That's just fun. Eric Lee was fun that year. That was the year where he picked off uh, Tyrod Taylor in Buffalo. I remember that. Like, fresh off the practice squad. And then he had a sack. Oh, great game. That's the Patriots thing about the, Eric Lee. That's the thing about it. There's so many, like, just random Patriots out there that it's, it's great <laughs> and it's fun to watch. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Oh, well, anyway, you know what? I was originally going to save the chicken noodle soup bit for the end. And then I was just like, because there's that video and then the Kermit the Frog going sheesh. <laughs> I love that. I love that video. <laughs> oh, and if I can give an honorable mention to one, uh, the one of Buster going, do people really lie on the internet? Can, can they, they do that? that? Can you just lie on the internet? Yeah, I. that is another fun one. I, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, but anyway, uh, I know it's the off season, but as my desk is littered with kind bar wrappers, um, that's not me. That's my fiance. Um, uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yes. Um, <laughs> Love you. I've had to do that a couple of times on podcasts. Just because I know you're probably on the other room waiting for me to finish. But like, um, wrap it up. Yes, because like I always get the text to where it's like, "Are you podcasting today?" And I'm like, "Yes, I am podcasting today." Because for the 228th time, I get to tell her I have been podcasting. As you have now become one of the more favorable Patriots guests that comes on, loves to oh, shoot the shit anytime. We love to talk. I love, love being on. Yeah. If anything, maybe what we can do is down the road talk. Training camp, if anything comes up, or even dissect Absolutely. the schedule when it comes out and see, sure. like... Sure. It'll be out yeah. next Thursday, right? Or the, the 11th, whenever the 11th is. You know what the, the funny thing about schedule releases? Like, how they're going to do this show and dissect all the games, but we're going to know everything before it comes out. Yep. Like, the whole thing comes out, and then everyone falls for, like, the fake leaks and stuff like that. Like, yep. I know all... Every have, year. Yeah. yeah. And then you'll have, like, the Twitter tab open, NFL schedule leaks, and then, like... Because that's the thing with, I remember I talked to you about, Boston hotel rooms aren't cheap. So, like, as soon as I saw, like, I think it was uh, Karen. I can't. Per, Karen um, Garu, 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 Yeah, her. Yeah, her. Yeah. I found this on the web. As my Apple watch. <laughs> to tell me about the NFL sketch. Thank, thank you, Apple, uh, for my FBI agents prying into my conversations. <laughs> um, I remember it was her and Evan Lazar, who, by the way, did a fantastic job on draft coverage. Always so does. Always him. does. Evan is uh, is elite. Yeah. And then two guests of this podcast have done really good draft coverage for the Patriots as well. That's Alex Barth of 98.5 and, as always, Pat Lane from Pat's Nation yes. Network. So yep. those two guys, they grind the hell out of the draft week. So for the guys who do that, we love you. But anyway, going back to my story, as soon as I saw Week 5 Detroit Lions, I was like, that's Canadian Thanksgiving. And I booked my room immediately. So that's the yeah. thing where I was so just like... So it'll be the same this year. Uh, yeah, I just got to figure out dates and everything like that. But if not this year, if not 23, definitely 24. Gotcha. Yeah. So one of those things is just you got to see where life takes you and everything. Because that's the other thing, folks. I have a couple more episodes to come out between now and the next couple weeks. And then I'm taking a little bit of time off because your boy's going to Florida for a wedding in uh, about two and a half weeks. Super fun. Yeah, it's always fun because I'm a groomsman who gets to stand out in the Florida heat as his one of his childhood friends gets married. Love it. Bring your sunscreen. Oh, I will. I will. <laughs> Even though I saw a video the other day of a gator on the golf course, and I do plan on golfing down there, and it's this huge gator, and I'm just like, yeah, that's my one big fear. <laughs> but excited to try top golf for the first time. I will say that. Um, but anyway, McGarvin, like I said, it's been a blast getting in the chat with you as always. always. Real. It's always real. And anyway, folks, for all of you guys, I'm not going to play. McGarvin, for the first time ever, he's going to get the outro. He's not going to get any funny uh, crying TikTok girl, no <laughs> lateral, none of that fun stuff. 
But anyway, guys, as always, you can find us anywhere. Patriots POV on Twitter. Nice ENT group. You know where to find me. All the info's in the link below, guys. Have a good rest of your day. And remember, folks, just because the draft's over only means football's four months away. Oh, we're almost there. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.